You're listening to Crystal and Emily on Love Your Shelf, the best librarian podcast in the extensive and highly competitive field of librarian podcasts. Okay, so... Ooh, which episode is this? How far in are we? Episode four. All right. Of season two. (laughs) And (laughs) I know. Every time. It does. Yeah, it's pretty silly. But, (laughs) I mean, we did have a break, so... Yeah, no. It makes sense to have a have a We we had the people on the edge of their seats, eagerly waiting. Hey, (laughs) I did hear from people, actually. I know you did. What was the (laughs) shout out that we got? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I forgot about that. Yes. Um, Santa Claus shouted (laughs) us out. Santa Um, himself. Santa himself gave us a shout out to the Chamber of Commerce. (laughs) (laughs) So we do appreciate that. Um, We always appreciate the Chamber Mm -hmm. and especially Mm -hmm. Kelly. But um, now we're very happy that uh, Santa is also Yes, we'll have to have him on as a guest sometime. (laughs) Why, exactly. Yeah, next, we've only got um, a couple more episodes before the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And um, just a couple more before, well, I guess the the last Friday of the year is uh, the day after Christmas. So we will not be recording on that day. I'll give you the day off on that one. (laughs) (laughs) But um, so, yeah, so, you know, maybe we need to get Santa Claus that's right after we know that he's you know not busy that day so (laughs) (laughs) well I have read some pretty heavy books um the past couple weeks and so I want to talk about those and then yeah um I've also been watching some shows and I know that you have um which I think is a should be a segment from now on <laughs> is um, you have been ordering tons of children's books. Yeah. And so you've got a lot to talk about on that front. So mm-hmm. um, hopefully I, o- I only, I'll only mention a few. I won't. Um, well, I won't go too crazy, but yeah, we, we got a big order and it's been a while since we had a big order. So I was really excited. Yes. And so, yeah, so maybe we can um, branch out to the, uh, the, parents in our podcast yes yes (laughs) but before we get to that we'll talk about the the heavy stuff stuff, the hard hitting stuff yes (laughs) so I haven't even been trying to do this but I know that people are probably if they've been listening um especially the last few Mm -hmm. I've been reading a lot of dark stuff a lot of apocalyptic dystopian (laughs) and you know, I don't know if it's 2020 or it's just where <laughs> trying to get in, trying to get in the Christmas spirit. <laughs> That's how I do it for sure. My Christmas spirit is bah humbug, but no, um, no, it's actually, not. No, it's not. I like Christmas, but um, I'm definitely on our next podcast. I'm gonna get much lighter, so just Excellent. in case, yeah. So I'm. <laughs> I mentioned a book last time, I think, called Afterland by Lauren Bukes. She's a South African writer. She has um, several other books that I'm going to be reading um, because I enjoyed this one, which is uh, just recently came out. Mm-hmm. And 
it is about um, a virus. <laughs> but, uh, of course. It's everywhere. Uh, yes. But this virus only attacks men. Oh. And yeah. And so pretty quickly within a, you know, a few spaces, a few months, most of the men on the planet are no longer with us. Whoa. Yes. And Whoa. so the story follows a mother of a 12 year old boy who is immune to the virus. He has like his natural immunity and there are others. He's not the only one, Uh but, um, but still last time. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say it just, he's still a hot commodity, even though there are others. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's few enough of them that they turn into pretty hot commodities. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, anyway, it's, so it's pretty dark in that. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. that's a lot of death. and But it brings up, you know, a lot of questions and mm-hmm. issues and, and uh, how do you deal with that. And um, as I mentioned, I think the last time that I talked about it, I had just started reading it. It's very similar to a graphic novel series called Why the Last Man, mm-hmm. um, which in that one, there are, he really is the last man. <laughs> So it's, that one's a little bit, and that one's definitely, um, it's an adult graphic novel, so not for the kiddos. Right. And this book is not either, but um, there's, it's very, very contemporary, which lately I've been reading a lot of stuff that could really, doesn't have to be like the setting is now, you know, it could be in, you know, any decade, Mm -hmm. recent decade, Mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, but this one is definitely maybe even trying a little bit too hard mm-hmm. on that front. Um, so she mentions, the, the mother mentions, like, her son trying to teach her how to floss, like, the dance. Oh, oh, my gosh. Okay. That's Which, how old I am. I was like, what? She doesn't know how what? to floss her teeth? <laughs> yeah, that's very exciting. Okay. Well, that's, I don't know how I feel about that. But. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. And flossing is kind of over. That's like, what that's I was going to say. A couple of years ago, even. And and so I think, you know, authors need to be a little bit careful about that. Well, and because... trends move so quickly today. That's exactly And it. so, yeah. you know, next year, people really won't know what that was. So even kids. Yeah. You yeah. Know, the ones that are coming up, you know, they're going to have something else mm-hmm. that they're into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the pace of pop culture now, you really don't want to. I think jump too much on any kind of bandwagon. Totally, like totally. Otherwise, very engrossing page turn. Yeah, yeah, that sounds because the the basically the the mother and the son escape like a a military installation where they've been taken mm-hmm. when they find out that he's immune, mm-hmm. and she gets away, and um, her own sister is the one who's chasing her, trying to get her. Um, done back. Ooh. Yeah. So we got family so, drama on top of oh, everything yeah. else. <laughs> yeah, lots of drama. Um, and then another book that I read recently is called The Age of Miracles by Karen Thompson Walker. Mm-hmm. And she's the author of The Dreamers, which I also um, read recently. Yeah. And it is, uh, it's another apocalyptic dystopian thing but in this one the um it's a really intriguing premise that i hadn't 
uh, encountered before. And Mm -hmm. it's basically one day, the day just becomes like 20 minutes longer. Which before the sun sets, you know, so, um, and then it just keeps getting longer and longer and longer and it causes problems with everything. everything, (laughs) I would imagine. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, gravity. And so Mm -hmm. animals and birds are the first to, um, you know, sort of be affected by like an increase in gravity, which yeah, anyway, so oh, yeah, that, God, it really yeah. causes lots of problems. And it's kind of this the air of the novel is sort of like this creeping dread, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, the 20 minutes at a time. Yeah. <laughs> and it was very, and this is written several years ago, maybe 2012. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely not a response to, you know, what we have going on now, but it very much calls that up Mm -hmm. because it is like this kind of slow motion calamity Mm -hmm. that you know so the characters are still like they're going to soccer practice and going to school and they're trying to keep all of these things going normally Uh but it just kind of everything just slowly kind of breaks down wow and uh yeah yeah that's a great premise yes and the tone of it is really similar to a book called The Leftovers by Tom Parada, uh-huh. and the, which was made into a really great series, yes. brilliant series. Yes. Um, and in that book, just a certain percentage, I can't remember the percentage. I think it's like, it's a small percentage, right? But yes. yeah. yeah, I don't remember quite, like 2% of the world's population, something like that. Yeah, it is. It's a small percentage of the world's population that just vanishes. Mm-hmm. And oh. which yeah. like, still gives me the chills. I've seen I watched that series several years ago and mm-hmm. it's just chilling. It's yeah, it's awful. The first the very first scene is like, you know, people disappearing from the parking lot, you know, mid push of their cart, <laughs> mm, <laughs> their grocery yeah. cart. Um, anyway, yeah, the, that's yeah. Okay. Very interesting. I definitely recommend both the book and the the book and the series are very different, but cool. Uh, both really good. Mm-hmm. And then finally, in terms for for books, I um, read a recent publication, uh, "Cast: The Origins of Our Discontents," mm-hmm. um, by Isabel Wilkerson. And in the '90s, she was the first African American woman to win the Pulitzer Prize. And this book, I've been seeing, I've been intending to read it, and I've been seeing a bunch of people reading it. It's one of the top books mm-hmm. of the year. Yeah. Um, but it's about caste, which is, you know, in the sense of, like, what we think about in um, hierarchy and right. Indian culture, for example. Right. Um, and how that is actually something that affects us in our own country and, and, and you know, globally right universally yeah and so um a quote from it which i think gives like a pretty concise introduction Uh to the concept is is um as we go about our daily lives cast is the wordless usher in a darkened theater flashlight cast down in the aisles guiding us to our assigned seats for a performance Mm -hmm. the hierarchy of cast is not about feelings or morality it is about power which groups have it and which do not 
Mm-hmm. And yep. she also talks about how caste is not something that you can make enough money to get out of or marry out of. It's right. something that's just inherent. Yes. And so it's really good. And yeah. she also, 10 years ago, um, released another book that was also very um, significant called The Warmth of Other Suns. Mm-hmm. And it's um, the epic story of America's great migration. It's talking about the migration of African-American people uh, from uh, black people from the South uh-huh. um, and they're moving North or uh-huh. West um, to escape the Jim Crow South. And so, um, like I said, very heavy. Yeah. But both, yeah. Beautifully written. Um, obviously, you know, she's Pulitzer prize winner. And I think the, that both of them should be sort of required reading. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. So I will let you take over and we'll shift gears maybe a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> uh, okay. So I'm, I'm just going to mention sort of three of the um, picture books out of our uh, new big order that just came in that I really liked. Um, the first one, which I actually uh, had you read, is called Our Subway Baby. And I cried. Yeah, I did too. It was like several times. Yes. Um, it is, and I don't want to give too, too much away, but, um, it's a true story, um, about a baby found in an abandoned, he's abandoned in in a subway station and then, you know, adopted, finds his family. Um, but it, oh my gosh, it's just, um, it's well written and beautiful and you feel the love like, yeah, just flying out of that book. It is, um, yeah, such a feel good so I recommend that one. And, and then, didn't you have like oh, a personal connection to the location? Oh, yeah. No, I noticed in the background, like they show the baby where the baby is found. And in the background was um, the train that I would take to go home <laughs> after work every day. <laughs> so I was like, I would go down those stairs. <laughs> so that was really nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then a new Christmas book called Five More Sleeps Till Christmas. It's by Jimmy Fallon, who I adore just in general. <laughs> um, but it's just a, it's another cute sort of, yeah, just a Christmas book to add to your list. Um, so I recommend that one for sure. And I, I just think that's a sweet way to count down, like how many more sleeps <laughs> until something <laughs> um, I I have to say, I probably think that same way. <laughs> I know. I know. I was like, I, I, think that's true how many times will I go to sleep before this happens (laughs) um and then uh one of my favorite um children's book authors is Jan Brett and she has a new one uh called Cozy and it's um it's about animals and it's cozy and it's her (laughs) stories are just so sweet and her her illustrations are really what what do it for me she always has sort of like an outside story going on in, um, you know, around the main story, you know, the illustrations tell sort of another story that's going on in the background. So that, that's always fun. Like I always had fun as a kid sort of, you know, talking to my mom about, you know, Ooh, what's the little hedgehog doing? You know, he's on a mission and we're just following it um, picture by picture. Yeah. That's so important for people to do with their kids 
you know, to engage them into thinking, not just reading the words and mm-hmm. not just looking at the pictures, but mm-hmm. to sort of question and and to come up with their own interpretations yes. of, of what's going on. Yes. And yeah, and that's why, I mean, yeah, illustrations are truly, I would say, you know, probably half of what catch my attention when I'm um, reading a new children's book. And that's sort of, mm-hmm. it's very telling. And um, so cozy. I think that's something that has just really, um, maybe since I was a kid, because mm-hmm. there, there were a lot of children's books when I was a kid that didn't, they weren't really focused on the illustrations. Right. They were, they were, you know, sort of, after the fact yeah i mean now i think it's different did you read uh ferdinand about the the little bull yes okay yeah like i picked that one up recently and you know it's all it's basically black and white images and you know it's a great book it doesn't take anything away from me but i i feel like if that book were made today um yeah i think the illustrations would be very different yeah, I, I think it's just def- it's a different style mm-hmm. now, and yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely noticed that. Or at least for me in particular, I thought when I started seeing more children's books when I started working in a library, mm-hmm. um, I was like, you know, we didn't even have children's books when I was a kid. <laughs> not not in the way that they that they do now. For one thing, there's just a proliferation of them. Oh but... my gosh, it's almost overwhelming. I I enjoy it, but um, I truly have to work to keep up (laughs) yeah just to stay on top of Mm -hmm. like and and to you know it's also hard to tell you have a big job of trying to determine you know what's gonna interest kids and what what do you need to get yeah and like yeah what you know the kids of Nacogdoches like Mm -hmm. um yeah and I'm still learning for sure (laughs) oh yeah that's like it that's a lifelong learning kind of thing <laughs> true you don't you don't think you finished that yeah <laughs> it's very true <laughs> um so yeah those are three that just sort of caught my attention there are some other really good ones um so yeah we should have those all sort of set up at the top of the shelves um where the easy readers are so um yeah definitely keep an eye out for those yes well i i have um I've been watching some shows and I think there's a couple of these that I've mentioned, but I want to follow up yes, because they I have. Um, have been really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first one is how to with John Wilson. And oh, I have yes. mentioned it. Yeah. And he, the, the, le- the last episode uh, just came out, I think last week. Okay. Um, and the, that episode was called how to make risotto. Mm. and the the I have never I can honestly say I've never seen a documentary done in the same way that he like it's really unique and clever cool I have it on my list and I really need to go in and watch it I recommend it for anybody yeah you know people who do watch a lot of documentaries because it kind of plays with that Mm -hmm. you know like starting out basically he starts out saying like telling you how to make risotto or her trying to learn in this case he's Mm -hmm. trying to figure it out because he has this landlady who um is elderly and she lives downstairs and she does his laundry and cooks for him and he goes and like watches um like wheel of fortune or something some some game show like that (laughs) um and it's just super sweet and so he he decides that he's going to 
you know, teach her how to make risotto. And I'm not going to go into super detail, but just to give you uh, an idea of how yeah, it Yeah, I love that. He goes to the store and he's like, you know, and I get to the store and there's something going on. And it's at this time when COVID hit. And so he goes to the store to buy the stuff to make risotto, but he can't because all the stores are cleared oh out. Oh my God. And so the documentary becomes about New York dealing with oh COVID. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And anyway, so it's just the way that he just, it's almost seamless, you know, and it's, it's you, he's winking at you while he's doing it. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like, Oh, I'm tricked or <laughs> <laughs> I really thought this was going to be about risotto cooking. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's it's uh, really, really interesting. And he he does that in each one. And so it starts off, you know, about something that seems mm-hmm. to be one thing, usually usually something pretty benign. And then mm-hmm. it turns into a commentary on something else. Oh, I like that. So. Especially, you know, so- sometimes you need to ease into um again, the hard hitting stuff. <laughs> and yeah, so I yeah. kind of like that. Like, yeah, yeah. Risotto. Ha ha. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. It's very touching. And cool. um, particularly that was probably my favorite episode, but they're all of them are, are good. Great. And there's only, I think six, there's not that many of them. Um, there's also another little show called Alice in Paris. Oh and yeah. I haven't watched it yet, but yeah, I, I saw like I watched the first episode of it and I didn't get it. I didn't okay. know what was, what was, what she was trying to do. Okay. But it's a young woman. She lives in Paris or she's just moved to Paris. Mm-hmm. And, um, but what it is, is after I, I caught on, like mm-hmm. a, I mean, I was really slow catching on this one. So this one, but, um, it's a cooking show. It's a food show. Okay. And, but it's another like clever interpretation of that. So, it's like she's doing this like little documentary style. The episodes are really short mm-hmm. um, where, you know, she's talking about um, moving to Paris. And so she's like sending messages to her mom and and she does. She sends one from the restaurant and then it it's actual restaurants and stuff that she's visiting uh-huh. and places that she's visiting. But she does it all through this like pretend lens of her adventures of you know, moving to Paris. Neat. And so, um, yeah, so it, it grew on me. Uh-huh. At first, I just, I had no idea. I, it was kind of annoying. I have to be honest. The okay. First okay. But then after that, you kind of catch on, you get the, yeah, you get the pace of it and, and what she's trying to do. And, and it's just, it's a cooking show, but it's, you know, embedded in this fictional world. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I think it's so hard to, I really respect when somebody, um, yeah, has an original idea because you don't always see those. (laughs) No, no. And which leads me to another food show, which is on HBO called History of Food. Oh, cool. It's a series that's kind of the opposite of that other one. (laughs) Um, It's basically like one episode is about the invention of food of food which is not obviously food but it like goes back right. to um, prehistoric times and how oh my god fire impacts yeah you know, our diet and and the, and the way that we evolved even uh-huh um because that you know cooking food changed the way you know early humans evolved uh-huh 
and you know down to like your the size of their jaws yeah all all kinds of stuff um and then one episode is on fermentation and how that has impacted Mm -hmm. and one's on industry which obviously you know has yes seriously impacted um our diet and Uh all that kind of stuff so it's a little more dry right (laughs) but that's um, really i yeah that's really interesting yeah it's very good it's it's definitely worthwhile Mm -hmm. especially i think um it's good like family viewing like you know get the kids let's look at how we you know where does all of this stuff come from yeah I just saw a friend of mine posted on Facebook, shout out to Nancy, mm-hmm. um, that uh, her kids were doing a chemistry assignment uh-huh. uh, for high school, I think, mm-hmm. and that they were assigned to like look in their kitchen and find, um, you know, chemicals mm-hmm. that are, that their food is made of. And they were like, mom, all of our food in here is actual food. There's no like. <laughs> prepackaged stuff <laughs> and so so she was you know boasting which I think she should I but. was about to say I that that's impressive yeah um which I you know I try to do that same but, I but no yeah. I know I know <laughs> so sometimes it's just easier to grab something yeah anyway so yeah I I definitely I think people should would will appreciate that um also, I that there's a new season and it just started. I think there's only two episodes, mm-hmm. which I have to say I'm not a fan of. I will, I like to binge stuff. Yes. So when something comes out and they're just doing it by you know yeah, which HBO is still doing. Yes, so they, but sorry, I have been reprogrammed to binge. Yes, I, <laughs> <laughs> and so, which at first when that became a thing, I hated it. Me too. It was like, well. I watched all of this in a weekend and now I'm not going to be able to watch it again for another two years. No. And now uh, I'll now... watch it in a weekend and then I'm like, mm, I'm hungry for more. What else is out there? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. We've definitely had our brain chemistry altered. Yep. Or whatever, but... <laughs> so there's a season two of his dark materials, which is based on the book series. And, um, at first, when I started the, the first season, mm-hmm. I didn't think I was going to like it. I don't know if you've watched or read that. I, I have not. I started watching season one, and I think I was watching something else, and I, I kind of fell off of it. But I always, like, I always sort of hover over it when I pass it on H- HBO. So, yeah. um, obviously, really? I trust your opinion. So, I'll, I will definitely revisit well it it drew me in for sure and then I so I've been looking forward to the second season but um the one thing that I really thought was was kind of I don't know off-putting to me Mm -hmm. was that each person in this like alternative universe Uh has a demon which like d-a-e-m-o-n right which is an animal sort of that is part of them Mm mm-hmm and they talk to it, but it's an animal and they can and sometimes shape shift. And is it like, I mean, yeah, you said it's sort of like a part of their spirit kind of thing. They don't really know how to describe it. Okay. Except that it's just, it's something that they're born with uh-huh. or that, or they get, I guess it like manifests itself. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. What would yours be? There's a lot have you thought it. about that? <laughs> I have. but And the show made me really actually think about that. Like, you know, because the characters don't just have, like, cats or dogs. Yeah. Or, you know, they've, they've got, like, weasels and yeah. snakes <laughs> and... <laughs> Well, and, and is it, uh, was there baboons some, or something? Was there somebody who had like a leopard or something? Yeah, there's all kinds of. Okay, because I thought that ones. was pretty cool. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't know. I don't know what, what mine would be. Probably a turtle or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh, my God. I'd have to be like, <laughs> it'd have to catch up to me all the time. I'd <laughs> be like, I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here comes Crystal and her demon taking another hour to get over here. Uh, <laughs> it's like reading a book as it walks. <laughs> yeah, distracting. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Anyway, cool. But, yeah, it's a good show. Um, and uh, the dude from Hamilton ha- has is a character in it. He's Lin Manuel Miranda, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the there's kids who are sort of at the center of it, and they're both really good. Um, so. I recommend that. Cool. And then I also started very different show, um, The Flight Attendant. Oh, yes. On HBO. Yes. And it is uh, based on a novel by Chris uh, Bohalian. Mm-hmm. And it has got, it is, a, it's weird. It's unique. Like, I've got a whole bunch of unique stuff to talk about this week, but. Um, and I hate to keep saying that over and over. It's like, well, not everything can be unique, but, <laughs> but it's, these it's days, different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It better be. Um, it's like, God, the introduction or like the, the intro title sequence is really, um, I don't know, impactful. And mm-hmm. it's sort of like this groovy 60s jazzy Yeah, vibe. okay. And uh, it's sort of modeled on um, and I had to look up his name, uh, but Saul Bass, who like revolutionized um, movie title sequences oh, in the 50s and 60s. Uh-huh. And so he did like Psycho and Vertigo and North by Northwest um, and sort of changed, like made the titles to um, be thematically and visually related to the films that they Uh were preceding which before they had just kind of been static and not like they didn't wow yeah that's something i've never thought about but i'm gonna think a lot about it now (laughs) (laughs) you'll start to notice it yeah now there's a lot of like mad men Mm -hmm. um sort of harks back to his aesthetic and everything yeah um yeah but speaking of mad men i tried again to get into that show and I still have not gotten past season one. Oh my gosh, that's so funny! It, it's funny. And it's my second time through, and I can't. That's funny because I did the same thing. I I started it the first time. This was a long time ago, and I think watched the first season, and then finally I went back, and then and I did. I binged it. I um, it's one of my favorite shows for sure. But I get, I don't know. I feel like that first season is just a little bit, I don't know, drier than the rest of it. Um, yeah, maybe I just need to power through it and get to the second season. But I mean, I and just... it's not, you know, action packed. It's not fast paced. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I feel like it's such a character show for me. I mean, you've got to sort of fall in love with and care. About. I mean, I think that's the case with anything, but I, I think the characters are what carry it. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily the story to me. So. Yeah, I, I just, I thought that some of the, the, you know, I don't know, some of the characters a little over the top. Um, Definitely. Yes. And, and I don't think that it, they necessarily need to be, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. we know that, the, you know, they were hard living, hard drinking, smoking. Oh my gosh. You know, it was just a different lifestyle. Uh-huh. You've got that, but they kind of beat you over the head with it it's, a little bit. It's excessive to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but you know, that's, that's a digression. Um, anyway, yeah, that's all very cool. <laughs> And then lastly, there's a four episode series, uh, true crime murder at middle beat. I, Oh my gosh. Okay. You're going to, I'm going to, I was going to mention this later, but I haven't had internet for a while now. So, um, that's one that I can't wait to have internet again so I can watch. Well, I, it's worth watching. Okay. Okay. I don't know what I think about it. Okay. Okay. When it's, it's over, but um, it's it's about the murder of um, Barbara Hamburg in Connecticut, mm-hmm. and the documentary is filmed by her son, right, who was a teenager uh, when she was killed, uh-huh. and um, the crime was unsolved. So right. he starts like I think I want to say like three years after her murder, mm-hmm. uh, he starts doing a school project oh and so he's just kind of going around and talking to his family and getting you know what their memories of it are and and then it turns into like over several years it grows into this full-blown production Mm -hmm. with producers and he's interviewing okay um, his like his sister and his aunts and Mm -hmm. his father and he asks them if they had anything to do with yeah, it. Yeah, he's not. It kind of seemed like he was like, I'm not messing around anymore. You know, this is. Yeah. Yeah. And so it it, it was um, engrossing. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll have to and get on it. I, I want to sort of wrap up my discussion with, since we we're kind of at the end of the year and I've been like looking back over um the stuff that's come out this year because mm-hmm. it's all been COVID tinged, you know. <laughs> right. And so I've, I've been watching more stuff than I probably normally would mm-hmm. because our, you know, our schedules are vastly different than what they used Definitely. to be. Definitely. Um, but I want to talk about something that I think is overrated and then something I think is underrated. So, oh, yay! I overrated is, and I'm I'm probably going to get backlash about this because <laughs> everybody that I've seen has loved the queen's gambit <laughs> people and are going real crazy for it they i i thought I it was great I, yeah i thought it was great i thought it was okay but it was kind of a snooze fest for me like i and i i like you know thing like i, I liked the history of food mm-hmm. okay so you know, that, <laughs> right <laughs> I, I don't need it to be action-packed but i just i didn't get into it yeah so. i was honestly su- kind of surprised at how engrossing it was for me I I I don't know I my like when I was a kid my dad tried to teach me how to play chess several times and I 
honestly like couldn't sit still long enough to <laughs> to learn it so i'm not you know really a chess fan per se nothing against it but uh yeah. anyway yeah i was kind of surprised at how much i liked it um was it my favorite show of the year probably not but um yeah i, I did like i enjoyed it well i won't be mad was- at you <laughs> okay but no, I and I watched the whole thing. I just, sorry guys. Yeah, didn't. That's do it all right. Me. I do really. I think I might have mentioned this before. That actress. Um, I don't really know where she came from, but she's in the new um, Emma as well, the movie of mm-hmm. Emma, and um, I think she's really great. I yeah, she just sort of popped up, and she's fantastic. Just really talented. Yes, absolutely. She's really good. It was just the. For me, I just thought that the yeah the story wasn't that interesting. Yeah. But an underrated show, mm-hmm. and I have talked about this one before, is um, Search Party. Oh my gosh, yes. And there's three seasons of it. And the, I guess the first two seasons were on like TBS or something. Yeah. I didn't get, I hadn't even heard of it until a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And then HBO Max got it. And so I came across it there. And then they did a third season there. And yeah. it is the, um, it's maybe from Arrested Development. Yep. <laughs> and uh, she is really, really good. Yeah. And it's really ambiguous and <laughs> over the top mm-hmm. and <laughs> just wild. And, but I, I enjoyed it. So. Yeah, I need to go back and watch the the third season. So I didn't even realize there had been a new season out. So that is yeah. a good reminder. Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely watch it. And it's it, it kind of turns things on their ear. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So I've sort of dominated. No, that's okay. And now. again, I, just, I only have a few things because uh, yeah. my internet has been <laughs> out. I'm super bitter. It's fine. <laughs> it, it it happened to be the same week that my fiance is taking his finals from home. Oh. So that's been, it's been so a roller you coaster. Have, you don't even have him to like talk to and hang out with. Exactly. I've just been, I went, I went to my parents and like looked at their DVD collection <laughs> and I got some from the library, but, um, I and I okay so the first one I brought this one up a few weeks ago but I finally finished it season three of Killing Eve oh my gosh it's so good um and I don't know if I even you know talked about what it's about last time um it's kind of a classic cat and mouse story um but it has kind of a lot of its own twists on that story um twisty yeah yeah twisty (laughs) for sure um so yeah a cop I'll just say she's a cop for now. It gets complicated is trying to find um, Villanelle who is an assassin with a mind of her own to say the least. (laughs) And I don't know, just this season. I absolutely love, love, love the direction that they're taking Villanelle's character. And they end the season in, in such a way that I just, I cannot wait to see what happens next. And they've done that every single, at the end of every single season. I'm almost through the second season. Okay, cool. But I'm interested. But I to... the, yeah, yeah. Um, I was just so honestly at the beginning of season three. I was kind. Of, it took me a second to kind of jump on, 
you know, I stayed with it, but um, by the end, I was really enthusiastic. <laughs> so, well, that's good to know. Yeah, um, and it does have a lot. Like you said, it's it's twisty, and it. Oh my gosh, so many ups and downs. Yeah. Who's a good guy? Who's a bad guy? Who's your friend? Who's not? You know, it's just. <laughs> um, I just, I, it's yeah, it's probably one of my favorites from the last couple of years. Before I lost Uh-oh. my internet, no, I think we're good. Sorry about that. Uh, before I lost my internet, I was able to watch on Netflix holiday movies that made us. They they did um, just movies that made us, and it was. Oh, I watched that. Yes, Home Alone, Dirty Dancing. I can't remember. Anyway, holiday movies that made us are just two episodes on Netflix. Uh, the first one is about Elf, and the second one is about The Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas episode um, was my favorite. It was really good. Um, I mean, I was truly engrossed in the story of how this movie was made. Just um, <laughs> there's one particular, the woman who, um, the screenwriter, she uh, originally was not asked. She wrote um, Edward Scissorhands, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. She wrote that, and so she just sort of expected that she would be asked to write this movie, and she was not. Tim Burton went to a man, and um, this guy who, I don't know, wasn't very reliable or something. And I think, you know, it's very clear that she is a woman working in um, a man's industry, especially at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, You can hear it all in her voice. (laughs) (laughs) But um, so anyway, that guy is not reliable. And so they end up approaching her and um, there's yeah, there's so much more. It's a anyway, it's really good. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. And and the elf, the elf episode was really good, too. I mean, it's just um, it it was just kind of a bunch of nobodies that came together and made this really silly, you know, classic holiday movie. So. Yeah, I watched that episode, and it was. It was, like, before – now we think, like, Will Ferrell and some of these people were, mm-hmm. you know, that they're uber famous, mm-hmm. but this was kind of before they had that mm-hmm. cachet. Yes. Um. Anyway, yeah, I and I just – I want I want them to make episodes for all the movies. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, yeah. I like stuff like that, I too. I do, too, yeah. yeah. Behind the scenes mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, but since I, you know, haven't had internet, I've been revisiting some, like, you know, DVDs that I have. Um, so one movie that I, and I don't know if I've talked about this before. Have I talked about Charade before? Mm-mm. Okay. Charade is um, one of my favorite movies of all time ever. Audrey Hepburn, Cary Grant. So, you know, right away, it's a winner. Yeah. Um, it's su- such a fun movie. Um, Audrey Hepburn's. Um, husband, well, not her husband, but her character's husband is killed <laughs> while he's away on a trip, and she discovered that he's sort of leading another secret life involving um, stolen money from the United States government, and she's told that she has the money, but she's like, I don't have it. I don't know what you're talking about. So people are after her. It's funny and quick-witted and uh, a little creepy at times it just it this movie has everything <laughs> <laughs> um if you haven't seen it watch it 
immediately. Um, and then I've also been going back and watching Modern Family. I'm sure we've all seen it. We know it's funny. Um, but it's just such a great show for um, laughs. If you're trying to laugh and forget your troubles, it's a great show to watch. Yes. So I saw we just ordered a bunch of DVDs for the library. I requested them. <laughs> so y'all can check them out after me. <laughs> Because it's not streaming anywhere. I I was really upset. Really? And I was like, I'm not going to buy the season for $30 on Amazon Prime. Um, yeah. I was tempted, but I didn't. <laughs> so, well, but I was like, oh, yeah, I work at the library. I can <laughs> request this. So, yes. So, basically, you're saying you're welcome. Everyone. For- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it is like I, I, I was thinking about that that it's uh, one of those shows that I guess I, I wasn't like on the bandwagon right away. I wasn't really watching TV when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but when I would catch like, you know, cause the show reruns or whatever on, on network television mm-hmm. and it's just consistently hilarious. It is. It really is. The, and uh, yeah, it, I, and in fact, I was comparing that uh, to, because I was thinking about um, the Big Bang Theory, because mm-hmm. in the flight attendant, the main character is yes. Kaylee Cuoco, mm-hmm. who uh, I thought she was kind of like the worst character in the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> right. But, but I was thinking about that show and how it kind of, and this is just my impression of it, uh-huh. like it just kind of went downhill. I thought it was hilarious when it started, but I think it out overstayed it's welcome yeah i i I never kept up with it but um that's kind of the sense that i got i'm with you but modern family just stayed on their game and of course you know if i were to dig deep i have you know some problems with like some things they did with certain characters things like that but with a show like this i am really i'm willing to overlook it because i'm (laughs) just here for the laughs (laughs) yeah so so that's what I have for now. Well, I think our next episode, uh, we're going to focus on movies because I don't know about for everybody else, but mm-hmm. it seems like it because it is such a, uh, I don't know, it seems pervasive that everybody like gets together with their family for the holidays and mm-hmm. watches movies. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, the ones that are become traditions and you have to watch every year. Right. So our next episode is going to, focus on that yes so get ready and maybe a few other ones too but yeah but yeah focusing on on the holidays that's right so we'll say bye for now and that's the wrap on episode four yeah bye for now guys bye afraid you missed one of our scintillating selections Check out wakelet.com and you'll find a collection of all of the titles that we have mentioned on our podcast.